0: But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory provoking one another, envying one another.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to My podcast. podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Dave Randolph, for your
0: podcast spokesperson today.
1: sanctify life is to get you closer to Jesus. If we can get you praying, if we can get you devoting your time to Jesus, we've done something great for the kingdom of God. Now, 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 now it's time for what you've been waiting for, your transmission and your host, Reverend Dave Randolph. Hey, Welcome back. It's been a couple days since we've done the podcast on the series of the fruit of the spirit. But now we are back. And today's episode is going to be on the fruit. Peace. Peace. Everybody wants peace in their life. Everybody desires that. What is peace? Well, let's look at the definition of peace. Peace in the dictionary says freedom from disturbance. It's tranquility you can while away an hour or two in peace and seclusion so you can go away for a while for an hour or two and get peace and seclusion that's freedom from disturbance into tranquility sorry about that it's a calm calmness restfulness peace and quiet also it says a state or period in which there is no war or a war has ended the straits were to be open to warships in peacetime, a time of peace. Law and order is another type of peace. Lawfulness is peace. Order is peace. Peacefulness. Peaceableness. You're being peaceably to people. You're, you're giving um, peace to people. Wherever you go, you're not causing trouble. You're not anxious or contentious inside. Do you know... Um, as I get older and older, and I'm sure you've all experienced this too, there's many people out there that look like their peace is all around them, that they're happy, but you can just look at them and tell that they're anxious. Inside, there's a war going on in their mind, they're restless. That's not peace. Peace we're talking about is when you have the inner peace and it emanates from your outside and where you're at, doesn't matter where you are, what situation. There's something about your presence that is peaceful. That's the fruit that we're talking about today. Peace. It's also used as a friendly greeting. So peace. I give my peace or salutations or, you know, you send your peace out. Used as as an order to remain silent. So like you say, keep your peace, hold your peace. You say things like that. And. You know, there's lots of other ways we can use the word. Let's see some of the definitions of the Bible. Um, Biblical peace is more than just the absence of conflict or a state of rest. It means completeness or wholeness, and it points to the presence of something else. Well, we know what that something else is. It's Jesus. The Holy Spirit brings comfort. He's the comforter. Just the word comfort tells me that there's peace, you know, because, um, whenever I've been comfortable is when I've been really at my most peaceful and being peaceful is the best way to be. Sometimes when you have bills coming in, trouble coming in a doctor's report, all that your peace seems to be stolen from you, or you give way to being anxious, anxiety, all those type of things. If you can learn to hold your peace, to, to maintain a state where you're the same no matter what. And that's what the Lord has commanded us to do. It's a very hard thing, but it comes through patience and you get patience through the trying of your faith. That's what works. Patient, the Bible says. So you try your faith. You try people's faith. Now, I know people that, like we said just a moment ago, they like to pretend that they have peace. They like to let everyone else know they have peace because to them, I don't know where they get this teaching, that if they say anything contrary to peace or faith or anything, it makes them become like a lost soul or or they're an enemy of the cross. I don't know what it is, but they get this mindset that, for example, let's say you have a cough and you and you start to cough. And you say, man, I think I'm not feeling good. I think I'm getting sick. I've heard people come up to you and say, don't say that. And you say, well, why? They say, because you're claiming it. It's not claiming it. It's a fact. It's like science people. There's people that believe in science, which I believe in science. I love science. I love looking in microscopes. I love having beakers full of things and mixing them together. But I also like to know what's in that beaker. I I like to know the properties of it. I like to know what I'm dealing with. Those are called facts. If you grab some kind of liquid and you just guess what it is, let's say it's lead in a liquid form, you grab it. And you take a drink of it because you guessed. You just made a guess at it. That's not science. But if you knew what was in there and that beaker was labeled and it says poison, do not drink, lead inside, you're going you're to say, I'm not going to drink that. Now, somebody has taken the time to put the label on that to let you know that this is hazard. This is bad. Not only that, there comes some kind of a, a thing that all humanity should know is, If you have the ability to do something, do it. If you have the ability to put that label on that beaker to say there's lead in here, you should do it for the greater good of humanity. And besides that, when you do that type of thing, it's labeled for the next person. When they come along to see it, it's just not laying there. Why are you saying all this? It's the same thing with what we're talking about Christianity. The same thing. There's a lot of people that just like to claim this falsehood of name it and claim it, all these weird faith ideas. It's almost like lab, grabbing a beaker that has no label on it and assuming it to be something else. And, and you're causing all kinds of controversy because there's no label on it. Well, the Bible gives us labels on everything. Why do you think we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit? Because there's labels, there's love, there's joy. And what we're talking about today is peace. God has said there's a label on this fruit and this label comes with peace. The Bible tells us you shall know them by their fruits. We are to test the spirits to see if they are from God. Not every spirit that says unto God, Lord, Lord, is going to enter in the kingdom of God. The Bible says even the devils know his name and tremble, but we know that the devils aren't going to make it into heaven. Why has all this got to do with peace? Well, a lot of our peace is stolen through some of the ideas and ideologies we have. There's some people that claim to know certain situations and ideas and topics when they really don't know the building blocks of what they're talking about. They know a surface level knowledge and it's just enough to be dangerous. It's just enough to tell people certain things and not know the whole situation. And what they do is when you finally question that person or ask them, they shut the conversation down by saying, oh, you just want to argue. Let's not talk about that. I wasn't saying that. I don't want to know nothing about that. You don't know what you're talking about. And they shut the conversation down. That's not somebody on the pursuit of knowledge. That's not somebody that follows science. And that's not somebody that is a real good Christian with a label on the outside that says, I am with Jesus. That's the label we all should be carrying. I am with Jesus. It should be across our foreheads. It should be across our hearts. Everywhere we go, we should say, somebody should know that you are with Jesus. I'm reminded of something just happened a few days ago. I wear hats that say Jesus on it. Jesus is my boss. All kinds of, I always wear something that lets people know this guy is either a fanatic for Jesus, he's a Christian, or he just loves that name. Well, they can pick and choose whatever they want, but once they start talking to me, it won't take long. They'll they'll understand who I serve and what I represent. And it should be the same statement that you have in your heart. If you hide Jesus, the Bible says he will hide you on that day. He won't reveal your name to the Father in heaven. If you are ashamed of him, he will be ashamed of you. We should not be ashamed of Jesus. Now, a lot of us claim to not be ashamed of him, but when the heat gets put on, like Peter, and I had to think about this the other day, and I'll get back to my hat and the labels and all that here in just a second. A lot of us are quick to throw people under the bus for making a mistake. And so who are we to claim what mistakes get people into heaven and what mistakes keep them out of heaven. Those mistakes are also called sin. We kind of change the topic of the word because we don't want to offend people because we're not being inclusive. We're not being friendly. We don't want to be called homophobic, xenophobic. We don't want to be called all these labels, which a lot of groups of people in the world that are very worldly have come up with these names to label people to shut down conversations. Now, these people are not your friends. You may think they're your friends, but these people that use these words are using them as a weapon. And the weapon is to actually come after Christianity. It's gonna come after you eventually. Now, I know we say, oh, I'm ready for the battle. But Peter said this, and this is what I just brought up Peter for a moment ago. Peter said the same thing to Jesus. Jesus said, Peter, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. He said, oh, Lord, I would never deny you I will serve you to the end. And that sounds like each one of us. I will never fail you, Jesus. I will do everything you ever ask me. I am a warrior for God. I am a preacher. I am a priest. I am a saint. I am a you know, a king, a priest. We're godly people. We're the priesthood. We're the brothers and sisters. We're the brethren. We got all kinds of names. I'm sure Peter had all those. Peter's the, the father of the church. He had the keys. He's the man. But yet when the heat was on... Satan knew the exact kind of heat and what temperature it took to get Peter to say, I don't know Jesus. I don't want nothing to do with him. Don't associate me with him because I value my life and my status in society. So don't affect me with that Jesus stuff. And we're talking about the founder of the church, folks. So if he can fail, and I know the Lord brought that out, allowed that to happen, to let us all to know that every one of us has that ability to fail so every day we got to crucify ourselves and we got to we got to rebuild our walk with god we got to nail our old self to the cross crucify this flesh and walk with god anew freshly each day if you haven't done that today i tell you to do it you should take some time to let the lord know that whatever was done in the past is gone i put it under the blood and I come to stand up, Jesus, to, to start fresh with you. And let's go out and win this world because that's what it's all about. It's not about pleasing people. I learned a long time ago that my walk with God was not to please people. And I know we're on the, the virtue of peace and the fruit of peace, but that's not all it was all about either. That's just a fruit. That's not what we're called to be. We're not called to live in peace because you're not going to have peace. The Bible is a lot about anxiety, having uh, the things that you want, you're not going to get. Job, if you were to speak to Job, do you think Job was living in peace? No. There was a time in Job's life that it was torment. His life was tore upside down. And each one of us are going to have those moments. Now, I know you're scratching your head right now because a lot of people say, I don't have that disease while they're walking around with the disease. Or they say, I don't have that sin while they're walking around with that sin. Or they say, I'm not that person while they are that person. That's denial, folks. That's not faith. That's not using God's power to get yourself healed or delivered. You have to confront it first. You have to at least know what you're faced with, the situation. And you have to know whatever you're trying to conquer is not as great as God. When you put whatever you're trying to conquer above God, you will never beat it. You'll never defeat that foe. And that's the problem I think a lot of us have. We think that this sin or whatever we have is greater than God and we're never able to conquer it because who are we going to call to conquer it? If this sin's greater than God, who are you going to call to save you? So you have to put that sin in its place, that lie, whatever it is, that character flaw that each one of us might have All those things, if you're on a pursuit to find greater uh, virtue in God, greater um, crucifixion in God, um, a a sacrificial type life, then you're going to have to look at God bigger than your situation. He has to be bigger. And so that's what I'm talking about here today. So let me read part of this scripture again. Verse number 22 of Galatians chapter 5, King James Version. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, longsuffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So today we are talking about peace. And to conclude with some thoughts here, I'd like to talk about is war. There is no peace in war. War is a means to an end. That's There's two forces that are aligned against each other. One says, I want change. The other one says, I don't want to change or vice versa. One says, I have a better idea. The other one says, no, I have a better idea. The conflict happens when they meet in the middle and they cannot come to an agreement. War is started. When one declares, I will not do what you want me to do. And the other one says, okay, I'm going to force you to do what I want you to do. That is war. You cannot force anybody to do something they don't want to do. You cannot make them. The Christianity that we come bringing for people, you cannot make anybody do it. As much as we want to, and I've watched many people try to force it on, on people, and I've watched people be fooled, walk around fooled in the church in their walk with God, thinking that they're doing a service for God and the people that they're praying for and doing things for, when they walk out of the room or actually talking about them, they don't care, they, they're not Christians, they've not sold out to God. They've not sacrificed their heart to Jesus. And they went living on this old way in the world, doing the same old thing, the same way they were doing before they said, they claimed to be a Christian. And all they're doing is fooling you and themselves. They're not fooling God, because God has never fooled folks. God sees all, He knows all. But if you want true peace, you gotta, you got to get it in your heart. you got to sacrifice things for yourself, not other people. You do not measure your peace by other people because people will fail you. And if you measure your peace by people, eventually somebody's gonna come along and fail you in a way that you're gonna say, man, this is not, people are just the worst things on earth. If you put your peace in things, something's gonna come along that's gonna break or that's gonna not be attainable to your hands and it's gonna cause you not to have peace. If it's a circumstance, eventually a circumstance will change in your life and that peace will be a fleeting moment, and you'll base your peace on if you get that moment under control or if that moment stays in chaotic form. Peace is not based on none of those things. It's based on Jesus, the Holy Spirit that He puts inside of us, and the calmness that the Comforter brings, and the walk that you have knowing that God is real, God is bigger than anything, And that God is going to save our mortal souls one day. We are going to become immortal one day. And we're going to live forever. Right now we're temporal. Our flesh is temporal. Our thoughts are temporal. Everything we do is temporal. But one day we'll be changed into an intemporal being. And we'll live for eternity with Jesus Christ. Now, I hope today this gives you a clarification of the word peace. And the fruit peace. And this is what you need to have in your life. You need to be free from contention, conflict, arguing, fault-finding. You know, if somebody doesn't line up with your belief system or belief or views, you can't argue all the time with people. You you have to come to a a ground one moment and say, listen, I'm not going to do that no more because it's stealing my peace. A lot of people fake like they have this peaceful home setting, and when everyone leaves their house is chaotic and arguing and fault finding and it's just trouble on every hand a lot of churches look like they're perfect people say if i only had the church that looked like that if i had the seats that that church had if i had the soundboard that that church has and not long after they get it the soundboard's still crackling and the pastor's still yelling about the sound the seats are going to be torn or the kids are going to get them dirty um, just if I had a Sunday school room, if I had a bigger Sunday school room and finally you'll realize you're going to get Sunday school kids that are going to come from very poor walks of life and they're going to aggravate all the teachers. You're going to have teachers that are fighting. You're going to have people vying for affection and tension from the leadership. You're going to have leaders fighting over positions. It's not as good as people think. So your peace is not based on those things. Your peace is not based on getting a better car. It's not based on a bigger house better things, fancier clothes or more money, not even health. Your health will not bring you peace. Your peace comes from Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And if you base your faith in that and you put all your hope, faith, trust, everything in that, you're going to live a much better life, a walk with God that's going to be admired by many people. And our job is here on earth is to find that, to search for it, like the woman who lost the coins. You need to search like you lost something. And when you search with your whole heart and you seek and you look and you try to find it with your whole being, God says, I will be found of you and you will find what you're looking for. And that's what we're looking for, folks. That's what we want. So think about peace today. Let this be a fruit that you want to be in your hand. You want to attain it. You want this to be part of your Holy Spirit your walk with God. When people see you, they want to see a peace. When you come into a negative situation, you bring a calmness, a peaceness. You don't bring contentious. You don't bring arguing. That's what God is looking for in his son and daughter. With that, God bless. Hey, have you ever heard of My Pillow? I'm sure you have. It's on all the commercials that you can see on TV. Well, I'm a user of My Pillow. I used to have migraines, real bad neck aches, but My Pillow helped me in such a way that I don't get migraines and I have to use My Pillow every time I go to bed. I even take it when I go on a trip. My wife and I have to have our pillows, the My Pillow with us wherever we go. You can get the MyPillow too by going to MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell is a Christian, he's a good man, and he produced a very good product. I am advertising My Pillow for free for him, and if I were you, I would buy a My Pillow. I'm doing it because I know it works, it's a great product, and it'll be a great blessing to you and to whoever you buy it from. God bless, and go to MyPillow.com and order MyPillow or wherever you go, and you see a My Pillow. Buy the My Pillow, and watch—you will be blessed.